Good morning. Good evening. Happy Tuesday. Good night. Don't laugh. This is the introduction, Max. Don't laugh. I, I'm just laughing that it's Tuesday again. It's our new recording day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just about to get in there. Welcome <laughs> back. It's Tuesday. Um, Spags had a late tournament runs last night, so, you know. Wow. We pushed back today. Not a big deal. So, welcome, Spags. <clears throat> anyway. It's kind of messed you know, up. Yeah. April showers brings, you know, you know. May wins apparently. Wins? Question mark? Yeah. Yeah. Question mark. Yeah. He'll read it if you put it on the teleprompter. Um, yeah. But welcome back to the show. Episode 50, Spags. Episode yeah. 50. We still have kind of like a, like, let's get real, like a kind of subpar introduction, which is cool. <laughs> and then like, you know, chat for ten minutes, and then we had some pretty cool coverage there for that. You know, but yeah, I was gonna say episodes, you know? everything about our show is subpar, <laughs> except our consistency level. That's it. <laughs> true. So, we are bought in. That's for sure. Welcome to the Interleague, the most consistent podcast in the world. Yeah, all we need is like some funding, like a rich parent maybe or something that yeah, you know, buys their kids Lamborghinis if we could get one of those. <laughs> Some some people that want to take a shot and not care about losing money invest in us. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Where's all these uh, where's all these GameStop investors? You know, where are they looking to invest their money into? Who uh, who bought into that uh, doggy coin? <laughs> Dude, maybe yo. Shout out to Steve Perry, Dogecoin sponsor us, bro. Oh, that is funny. Yeah, even your dogs are excited about that one. Yeah, yeah, they were like doggy. Coin. They were like doggy coin. What? That's us. I'm doggy. Uh, anyway, that no one on this show has invested into any of that, but you know we're yeah. still going strong. That's all right. Yeah, we'll make it. We'll make it through. We'll see better days. Yeah, some someday, some yeah. point this year, we'll uh, we'll hold true to our uh, our goals for 2021, and we'll start trying to drive an audience and whatnot and i don't know maybe a lot more people know that we do this hey nothing make nothing to be fair last year was like a semi-trial run because like weird baseball season uh and now this year maybe we'll get hype because like our teams are winning like so like the content's got to be better we're winning so we're a better mood at least yes things are definitely and i don't have the password to the social medias anymore so like i'm sure like i'm sure like twitter's just been blowing up you don't know anything about that i'm sure i haven't looked at it the gmail i don't i don't have you have all you have the keys to the castle dude i have no password (laughs) i have not looked at gmail but but i have looked at i have looked at i do look at twitter fairly often oh well it looks like we have a new segment mail time mail time mail time is, are we gonna get strike? I wonder if they'll strike us. I'll stop there. We'll just, you know, that's <laughs> yeah, right. that's yeah. I, so you time, just gotta change the time key, for right? mail. <laughs> yeah, time for mail. Yeah, whatever. Easy. Easy. <clears throat> it's different. That's yeah. more different than. Yeah. That's more not same same than vanilla ice's little. <laughs> you know. What it might you, be public. It might be a public record at this time. Uh, maybe. Who knows? I don't know. <clears throat> it's not the first thing I've stolen in my life, so. Mm. The first thing I stole was our listeners' hearts. 
Oh, got him. Write that one down, then. Yeah. Save, save that one. <laughs> <laughs> the highlight reel. Clip it, chat. Clip Cringe, it. Cringeworthy things that Smags has said. Yeah, Cringetopia subreddit. Here we go. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so we were planning on recording last night. And then I did have races that ran a little longer than anticipated. And then Chris had <laughs> Neil and I di- and Neil and I were watching those races. Oh, we really? Yeah, we were sitting in Discord just watching it because I was uh, I had, at nine o'clock. I had jumped in and I was like, um, well, I'll go see how Lady's going to be. I'll just go check his race. And you were at like Crystal seven, maybe. And I was like, yeah, yeah it was. The second race was definitely a long one. It was. It's uh, gonna be a minute. It was pretty trolley seed. I think it ended up being like a little over two hours, and we started a little yeah. later than anticipated. I think we started closer to seven thirty, where we were hoping for like seven fifteen. Yeah. Um. So we started a little later, and so it ran a little late. But then I couldn't get a hold of you right away. But then I saw that you were in the Arena P Discord, but you were muted. So I was like, all yeah. right. So he's probably doing bedtime right now. And then like as time progressed, I was like, did you fall asleep doing bedtime? And then you finally got back to me and let me know what was going on. So, yeah. But yeah, you know, it's all right. You know, easy, easy transition hey, to record yeah. on our normal night. Tuesdays. Professionals. We're you know, professionals, dude. They, yeah, we're no just, uh, yeah, we're just a, a weekly Monday podcast that records on Tuesdays. That's all. Yeah. Uh, if the Cardinals can get rained out for a drizzle day, you know, we can record on Tuesdays. It's no big deal. Yeah. The the Cardinals were really like, you know, we haven't played enough doubleheaders this year. <laughs> yeah, we're um yeah, we need to play some more seven inning <laughs> yeah, we games. We need to hit our we need to hit our quota. Yeah. We didn't play a single doubleheader in April. It's statistically shown that Matt Carpenter's better in seven inning games than nine inning games, so Yeah, because Statistically, Matt Carpenter doesn't pinch it in seven inning games. <laughs> so he goes 0 for 0 instead of 0 for 1. Uh, yeah, unless he's hitting bombs, dude. Everyone in our team hits yeah, bombs. Yeah, you see Harrison Bader hit a home run off a lefty yesterday. Dude, you, know, you, you know why, dude? Because he crushed his lefties. Crush his lefties. God, it's like someone told us he crushed lefties or something, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, stats. stats dude. Yeah, dude. Stats, dude. Advanced analytics, dude. You know, like sure. when you when you bat two sixty off left handed pitching, that is crushing. When you bat one sixty <laughs> off of right handed pitching, that is true. That yeah, is like true. Any anyone else, if they batted a hundred points higher, like DJ Lemayhew, if he hit a hundred points higher batting average off of lefties than he does right handed pitchers, everyone would say he crushes lefties. So why not Harrison Bader? <laughs> <laughs> that is true. The only the only problem with that right now is you're just. We're giving him uh, credit, right? Then now we're really feeding into it. Like, oh, look, there's Harrison Bader. Told you so. Yeah, you just got to speak it into existence. Told you. He just needed a little break, you know? Let's all remember the times. Every other time, he just needed a little break. And he went down to AAA and got a little break. Yeah, and and now, we'll come back up. Now he's out and of options. Would, like a week later. Yeah, a week later, he would need a little break again. So, you know. Yeah, so so now he's out of options. So now his little break is the ten day IL. Yep, dude. Say, hey, it's just took it from page from the Dodgers, you know. 
Yeah. Just took a page from the Dodgers. Oh, I just got a little oh, my tweaker. Like he's yeah. got a tweak, a tweaky, oh, tweaky a, spot. That that definitely looks like a hamstring. Right. Um, <laughs> you're yeah, easy your, hamstring. You're holding your shoulder. Uh yeah, yeah. Where's them? Where's my hamstring at again? That's where it hurts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But you know, hard to be negative, you know, when you're crushing home runs. So. True. True. I mean, if he if he keeps doing it. By all means, I mean, if it he'll, if, he'll get a contract next year, dude. It's, yeah, you know, I, he'll get we'll, he'll get paid even more. Probably he's <laughs> arbitration eligible. I mean, he got two million this year. Yeah, he true. He's uh, yeah, yeah. It'd be interesting. He's fast, so there's that. Yeah, um, fastest guy in the outfield, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Um. But like it's, I I guess like it's it's good on him. Um, Cardinals found a little power stroke stretch that's going on. Um, couple guys hitting home runs. Like I said, I mean like Bader has two in the the five games since he's been back. Um, Arenado's been hitting a couple more. Uh, I think Carpenter has like three now on the year. Um, you know, so they're they're showing some some power numbers. Yeah, it's uh, it's really surprising too. I was um, just trying to think out like how long it can even last because like even the Cardinals like coaching staff and Mosellock would have probably even with the addition of Nolan Arenado this year would wouldn't have been like we're gonna go out here and hit home runs and like that's gonna be how we score a lot of runs. Um, so it tiny bit worrisome it's 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 fun it's fun to watch it's great but uh it's interesting where it's coming from so let's kind of see how long it goes but i mean again playing well winning no complaints trying to bring yeah, i mean they're yeah they're they're sixth in the league in home runs right now so. yeah yeah nobody would have bet that on no yeah like, nope. i definitely would have wouldn't have thought like at any point after the end of April that the Cardinals would have more home runs than the Yankees. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. And Paul DeYoung's leading the group with six. So, but Paul DeYoung also has like seven hits. It's not that bad. He's got 18. He's got 18 hits. He made a big 186. A a third of his hits are home runs. Like, I don't think he's going to continue to hit home runs at that pace. Correct. If If he does, Batting 186 is fine because I mean, yeah, because that yeah, he's hitting you know six home runs every call it every 30 games. So, what that's like 30, you know, damn near yeah. 35 40 home runs at this point. And that's what we said, so. that's what we said at the beginning of the year. He can hit 200, but he better hit 35 to 40 home runs. And we just didn't, I don't think we put it at that. And I agree, I, I mean lineup's playing great right now so i don't want to be like hey this is just like you know not gonna happen but paul DeYoung was supposed to hit home runs you know tyler o'neill was supposed to hit home runs like it's just weird that it's all coming together at the exact same time as a cardinals fan of watching like us just like throw this outfield out there so maybe it's a little skeptical but i am you know, I like to see it for a little longer, but again, zero complaints about it. You know, so yeah, but, yeah so I will six home runs, kind of. Yeah, 
so I, I will say that I think there there is a little bit of a caveat. I mean, I don't know how many were hit over the last couple games. I guess we can find out real quick just by checking some box scores because I know I know they put up. A well, here, just go to decent, last seven days. Well, I know they they put up like a pretty decent number of runs. Well, I'm looking more at like just the pirate series because I I get the oh. pirates are like playing 500 baseball. But they they aren't a good team by any means. Um, so they hit two in the first game. They hit two in the second game, and they hit one in the third game. So I mean, five home runs in a series. What that would put them at like thirty three. One two three four five. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And they played eight other series. Uh, so, I mean, I guess it's not far off. I mean, on average, it's been about four or five. If you break it down per series, like they have played eight other series and they have 33 other home runs. So that's a little over four a series, roughly. Um, so now, like, I just would have thought that, like, maybe, like, I feel like they didn't have very good power numbers for a while and it's just picked up recently. Um, but mm-hmm. playing against teams like, you know, the Pirates, I think will will help do that it helps. Uh, for a lot of teams. Yeah. But they really didn't add anything, you know, like that's like over impressive. Um, I think they hit what two yesterday as well. Yeah, and one, in in my opinion, was relatively controversial. But you know, whatever. I, I think the home plate umpire got it wrong, but it is what it is. Hey, you know, Major League Baseball gets calls wrong, dude. Sometimes oh, they do. Fantasy games. They do. It's not a big have deal, I man. seen? Yeah. Have I seen worse calls? Absolutely. Um, have I seen worse calls that were reviewable and still wrong? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but I just, I think like, Watching, like, I even watched the replay again today, just to, like, try to see it for, like, a couple different angles or whatnot, and I know that, like, the Mets broadcasters were like, oh, you you heard the, you heard it in the audio. I didn't hear anything. It doesn't look like Arenado foul tipped it. It, yeah, it didn't look like, didn't look like at, at all. Um, with that being said, I think it was, like, the third pitch of the at-bat or fourth pitch of the at-bat that that happened. And then Arenado continued to battle and ultimately hit the home run, I think, on, like, the eighth pitch of the at-bat. So, like, eighth or ninth pitch. Um, so, whatever. The pitcher still needs to execute. It's not like that was, like, it was called the ball that led to, like, an inning blowing up or whatever. Like, he still needed to get Arenado out. But in my opinion, he did get Arenado out and then gave up the three-run home run that tied the game in that same at-bat. So it just goes a long way. Um, but neither here nor there. And when you're as good as Nolan Arenado, things just go your way. You know, that's just... Yeah, like, I again, like, there have been worse calls. I just don't think that that was the right call. And I don't yeah. think I don't think a call should be justified by, well, there have been other shittier calls, true, but that'd be like, well, I mean, it's not justified. I'm just that's no, no, no I, right. Not you aren't doing that, but just in general, like 
that seems like that is a public perception. And I feel like, you know, on a more extreme level, it's like that guy, like that guy stabbed a guy. Well, yeah, but at least he didn't shoot him. <laughs> like it could have been worse. Like true, true, but you know, it's still wrong. Um, <laughs> so like, yes, is it, is it the worst call ever made? No, it was just the wrong call. Um, and again, like it's, it's really close to tell. Um, so why, like whatever, like, I don't, I don't blame an umpire for not getting that correct in the moment. Um, I think my bigger gripe is that, that it doesn't appear that that's reviewable on whether or not it was a foul tip. Um, like, cause I, or at least the Mets like didn't review it, but I don't think it is. I think you can uh, review like somebody was hit by a pitch, but not whether or not it was a foul tip. Uh, these plays include subjective calls such as check swings, infield fly rule, and balls and strikes. Other calls that are considered non-reviewable are trap plays, infield foul tips, and mound visit count. Yeah, so foul tips, not yeah. reviewable. <clears throat> um, also, if you want to check the mound visits, can't do that. It's not reviewable. That, so that's weird. Don't don't be doing that. You know, yeah. if I'm if I'm gonna be getting thrown out, if I was a coach and I'm gonna be getting thrown out like Schilt did the other night, like just going to tell him how bad his strike zone's been before he gets thrown out. You know, just going through the motions after Arenado gets hit. I'd be like, you know, they'd be like. I want to see how many mound visits they've had tonight. Like they haven't had <laughs> that's not reviewable and they've had none. I don't care. Check it out. Like get out of here. Be like, yeah, fuck you too. Yeah, you're just yeah. like like putting your ears like your hands to your ears like I want to check mound visits. Yeah. Mound I also want, I also want to know what Schilt said to the catcher right before he just gave it to the ref of whatever he said to him. He definitely said something to the catcher and the catcher like laughed about it and kind of like looked straight ahead and was like I think Schilt came out and like said like hey sorry about this this will only take a second, you know. Right. It's funny. So, yeah, uh, so anyway, we're But uh, so <clears throat> I I think the the power numbers have certainly been there. It has been a a surprising start to the year in that regard for the Cardinals. Um, I think the you know like we talked about last week, just kind of that course correction. Um, what I think they they split with Philly, which was which was fine. Um, I think the the Phillies are a tough team. Um, they got a win in a game that Nola started. That's tough to do. Um, so I think that that was promising. And then they swept Pittsburgh, which is 100% what should probably happen. Cause yes, the pirates are playing 500 baseball, but no, or they were, but the pirates aren't a good team. Um, they've now lost five in a row. Uh, they're playing San Diego currently probably going to lose again tonight. Um, but who knows? Um, but they're floating around, you know, at the ass end of the, the standings and then what they're in the midst of a four game series with the Mets and which they now won't face to Grom, which 
Hell could, yeah. Could be an issue, could not be well, an issue. Yeah, we would have won that game anyway, dude. <laughs> yeah. He would have I mean, let up he would have let up a run. Bader would have hit a home run. Well no. No, DeGrom's uh, right not, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, he's not left-handed. I keep forgetting that. Yeah, no, it would have been a Matt Carpenter sorry. pinch hit home Matt, run. Matt Carpenter coming in, eighth inning, pitch yeah. hit. Uh, yeah. It would have been like Kim, Kim starting, let's say, because I think Kim was supposed to start, and then he got pushed back to tomorrow. Um, but let, let's just say Kim. So Kim started eight innings, Carpenter pinch hits in the bottom of the eighth, home run off DeGrom, handed over to Reyes. You know, gets gets three outs with three strikeouts, but he walks you guys in the process. Keep it realistic. Doesn't let up any yeah. runs. Um. And yeah, Cardinals win one nothing. That's what would have happened. But easy. But you know, now Degrom lat strain or whatever he had, so they're uh. Skipping a start, it looks like, or he's he's resting for a little bit. I don't know how long he'll be shut down for. Um, so we'll uh, we'll see though uh, how long the ground's out for. <clears throat> but now the Cardinals don't have to face him in a four-game series. It's always nice. I they. They have some good pitching outside of that. Like, I don't want to make it seem like it's, like, DeGrom or Bust. Um, I think, like, I think Strowman's pitching one game. Um, probably one of the games tomorrow, if I had to guess. And I need Strowman just to get lit up. Um. Yeah, Stroman and Kim, and then Aviedo versus somebody, and then Taiwan Walker versus Gant. So I mean, you're you're getting Stroman, you're getting Walker, um, formidable pitchers for sure. So could could be tough games, but if I think if the the Cardinals can, you know, hold suit, like if they if they treat this now as like all right. We split the doubleheader, you know, because I think sweeping a doubleheader is relatively tough to do. Um, so if you split the doubleheader and then you just treat uh, Thursday as like a rubber match and you just try to win two out of these next three, um, you know, you find yourself winning three out of four in that series. And then you have the shitty ass Rockies coming to town um, for the weekend. And that should yeah. be another sweep. Um, yeah. Win- Nolan Arenado will probably play out of his mind. It'd be great. Yeah, like just rub it in. Try to convince Trevor mm-hmm. Story to come over and, and play for the Cardinals. <clears throat> like, dude, it's a, have you ever had a curtain call, dude? I've had two of them since I've been here. It's phenomenal. <laughs> it's like every time you hit a home run, they want you to come yeah. back out. <laughs> it's like a curtain call every time, yeah. dude. It's great. Yeah, the only shitty part is, is they woo. I don't get it, but, you know, yeah. we'll, they're, they, I'm getting paid, so it's not a big deal. Yeah. Brett Ric Flair Hall started it, I think. Yeah. But, you know, like, woo, curtain call. (laughs) So, um, but yeah, so I think it should be, uh, like, for, in my opinion, I think it, it, the the Cardinals should easily find themselves, you know, 
like uh, I think I think I made note they went like five and one since our last recording. It's like they're seventeen and twelve right now. Um, I think they easily could go five and one over these next six games, or even four and two if they happen to just split with the Mets. Um, you know, it's possible, or maybe they drop a game to the Rockies. Whatever, sweeping a team is relatively hard to do, in my opinion. But either way. If they go four and two, five and one, something like that, I mean, you're looking now, like you're floating close to like that 10 games above 500 mark. Um, and, you know, in the first 40 games of the season, that's, that's a pretty good, pretty good stretch. Um, it's not bad. And then I think it, uh, it'll set them up nicely. Um, Cause then they have Milwaukee and San Diego on their road trip. Then they're home for Pittsburgh and the Cubs. And then it's playing at the White Sox at Arizona at LA to play the Dodgers. So gets a little tougher as the month wraps up. Um, but I think if you build on, you know, if you, if you build to a situation where let's say, let's say they go four and two, so you're looking at being like seven games above 500, 21 and 14, and you go into a stretch, you know, of three, six, eight, 11, 14, 18. So it's like 21 games to take you through like the the first couple days of June, wrapping up. Um, You know, uh, wrapping up that that first series that's like the end of May, early June. So, um, what is that like the the Memorial Day weekend? So you kind of wrap wrap up that twenty two games. So even if you find yourself at a point where you go eleven and eleven in that stretch, and you're playing, there's a strong possibility that you played three, six, nine, twelve. 12 of those games against, you know, playoff caliber teams, you know, that are probably going to be in the postseason and Milwaukee, San Diego, White Sox, Arizona, and the Dodgers. Yeah. You know, like maybe, maybe not in the playoffs, but competing for, or not Arizona, sorry, the, the Dodgers. So Milwaukee, San Diego, the White Sox, and LA. Um, I think it's reasonable to assume that those four teams are going to, are going to be in the playoff hunt. Um, yeah, Chicago Milwaukee's... might be there. Arizona might be there. I mean, but... you're tied with the Brewers right now. Right. Um, well, I guess depending on how the Brewers game went tonight, uh, they won, right? Oh, so, uh, they lost. Or, oh, so... Yeah, they lost they the lost. Phillies tonight. Right. But the Cardinals were, you know, supposed to be slated to pitch to actually DeGrom, so things would have went the same, you know. No one knows how it could have worked out, but those three games are going to matter at the end of the year. Um, because Milwaukee ain't go anywhere, and they just got Yellick back. Um, um no, Yellick, just... Yellick's hurt again. No, oh, he got hurt again. Oh, yeah. that's rough. Yeah, they put him back that's on rough. the IL after one game for oh, no. more back issues. Oh, dude. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. rough. Hey, once one thing about having back issues, once you have them, they yeah. don't really go away. I, it's not I like a... speak, speak to that. It makes yeah. me, it makes me feel like I'm doomed if he, you know is in way better shape than I am and probably has some of the best healthcare and doctors you can afford <clears> to like <throat> figure out whatever he's got going on. I'm doomed. True. 
Now, granted, he's probably doing things that are far, far more taxing on his body than I do. Yeah, you're like walking up and down, yeah. walking around. I, the house I probably get more tired than he does, but whatever. Um, you know, he's out here doing stuff, and I'm just sitting around talking about what he's doing. <laughs> right. But you know, whatever. Um, without fans, they wouldn't have a league. All right. True that, and they would at least wouldn't get paid what they get paid. Right. I mean, look at it like there were no fans in the seats for one season even, and it was only 60 games, and half the team, the league owners are talking about how they have to fold because they're just losing money left and right. Yeah, pretty much because it's just not net profitable anymore. Yeah, so It's not net profitable. It's hard owning a baseball team these days, dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everyone's just out to get the rich white man. Yeah, yeah. meanwhile, the Dodgers just, you know, spending money hand over fist. Oh, Pirates want that ball. Mitch Keller's first base hit. Oh, no, they're testing it. They want it tested. Well, it was, I mean, they got a hit off of it, but. Ryan Weathers giving up a base hit to Mitch Keller. Yep. Anyone got Mitch Keller fantasy squad? Um, Someone should as a pitcher. I don't think anyone's going to have him for his bat. And he's had. A rough year. He's pretty good, but uh, oh, Adam Frazier. No, he's too fast to double up. Mitch Keller was like, "Cool, I got my first hit. Now I'm off the bases. This is Bye. what I wanted." <laughs> Deuces. Um. So yeah, so I I think the Cardinals are are in a good spot. Um. I I think that it. You can probably say this all the time, like we'll know more by the end of the month. But I yeah. think right now the the Cardinals have played. Like I I think the Cardinals' record is probably where I would have anticipated it through these first you know thirty games. Um, I think playing five games above five hundred or so. Um, oh, and Weathers just picked the guy off. He said we can't double you up, but I'll pick you off. Get out of here. No base runners in one. What a move. Yeah, what what's this guy's deal? Who who is this guy? I'm gonna do do some research real quick. Who's who? Ryan Weathers. Oh. Could piggyback Lamette. I don't know what that means. So yeah, Dennis and Lamette started this game. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't know how I feel about the whole like uh starter. I don't I'm not a huge fan of it. Like what's the I don't I don't really get the point of it, like yeah. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, because he has six but, appearances but only three games started. Well, now he's letting up all kinds of hits to the Pirates, so. <clears throat> so he just needs to keep letting them up up until, you know, Moran comes in. Let me get some points. <clears throat> um, but, sorry. Anyway, I got sidetracked. 
But yeah, so it's like I said, like you had I think... your fantasy squad. You go <laughs> Ryan Weathers, you buy the jersey. No, I, I didn't. I didn't As you know. go into San Diego, meet Ryan Weathers, get a signature. Nope. <laughs> yeah, sure. Like, oh, uh, hey, is is Ryan Weathers in there? Um, <clears throat> hey, Ryan, I know him. <laughs> You're you ride my bench. <laughs> right. Um, Yo, I. Uh, I uh, have you as a, I don't know, what are you, a relief pitcher or a starter? I'm not, where should I start you at? I'm not sure. Yeah, it might be something worth keeping an eye on if, like, Darvish or Snell or Lamette or Paddock or, like, Musgrove get hurt. But, I mean, they they have five starters that I think are going to take the ball every fifth game, for sure. So, yeah, uh, not, not going to waste a dollar. I got Kent Emanuel right now is kind of the same thing in Houston. Um, but I think he's more stretched out to be a starter. They just haven't utilized him as a starter. Uh, Cause he had one appearance and he came in in relief and he pitched eight and two thirds innings scoreless. So he came in after an injury after the guy got one out and then he pitched the rest of the game. Dude, it's a Tony Gonsolin. I've had him on the IL since the beginning of the year, and now with uh, uh, their pitcher going down, uh, Dustin May going down, they're like, well, maybe Gonsolin will be a starter when he comes back. So now he's going to like be on the IL even longer um, while they work him up to get the uh, be a starter. I'm like this is fucking dumb. Yeah, you know, it, it is. <clears throat> so. Um. But yeah, so, so like I was saying, though, I, mean, I think putting the Cardinals at like 17 and 12 through their first 29 games, um, you know, 18 and 12, 17 and 13, something like that through the first 30 games, I think that that was reasonable expectations. Um, but like I said, I think I would have, I likely would have expected different outcomes in some places. Like, I yeah. probably would have had them winning two out of three against Cincinnati to open the year. Um, but probably would have had them like only winning two out of three against Miami. Um, I would, I probably would have expected them to win two out of three and one, like to win the series against Washington and one of those two sets rather than dropping two out of three in both of them. But I wouldn't have anticipated them sweeping the reds. Um, so they've like when they've dropped games that they probably should have won, um, you know, some tough luck losses, like losing one, nothing to Washington, they were able to bounce back and sweep Cincinnati, um, you know, losing two to nothing to the Phillies. So just in times when like their offense hasn't shown up and it's cost them because of strong pitching performances, like they lost two to one to the Phillies in this, in that last series, um, they've been able to, to win games elsewhere and kind of get those, get those wins back. Um, you know, some, some along those lines. So I think that they're kind of where, where I would expect, but I don't think they played anyone overly exciting. Um, and the teams that they did that you're like, okay, like these are, these are some teams that could compete could potentially be playoff teams would be like the Brewers, the Nationals, and the Phillies. Um, the Reds got off to a great start, and their offense was phenomenal, but I don't think either one of us would have put them as a, a, a team seriously competing 
to win the NL Central, um, especially because, like, the only move they made was, like, losing Bauer, which, granted, I don't think he's all that great, but he's very good against the caliber of hitting that exists in the NL Central. Right. Um, and in, so in, in those series, I mean, you played Milwaukee once, the Nationals twice, and the Phillies twice. You lost two out of three to Milwaukee. You went two and four against the Nationals, and you went um, three and four against the Phillies. So in the quality teams that you would that you played in April, you had a losing record against all of them, um, and then you beat the teams that you were supposed to. <clears throat> so, you know, good on them. I think the the years that the Cardinals didn't make the playoffs it was those sweeps that weren't happening. Like they'd find a way to drop a game to Pittsburgh. Um, they'd find a way to lose a game to Cincinnati. And if they don't sweep those two series or they, they don't sweep Miami, say two out of three of those series, they take a loss. Well, now you're looking at being 15 and 14 right now, instead of 17 and 12. Um, and you're one game above 500 and you're just like, eh, this team's just mediocre. Like, this is what they're going to do. They're going to float around 500 all year. Um, but if you beat up on teams like the Mets that are struggling, like their offense has been abysmal so far this year. Um, the Rockies who have the worst record in base, our worst record in the NL. Like if you can beat up on these teams still, then you find yourself that playing 500 baseball against contenders will win you your division pretty easily, most likely, because you're not losing ground on anyone, um, and you're only winning on the other games. Like that, that would be a recipe for success at at that point, in my opinion. Um, yeah. However, what it will equate to, which is what our issue with the Cardinals has always been, is that it doesn't really matter if you get knocked out in a five-game series to open up the playoffs. You know, or you make it to the LCS and you get swept. Like, you just don't compete. Um, so, like, do, like, does this Cardinals team show the makeup of winning a World Series? My opinion so far, no. But I think they have the capability of showing what they would match up with against some of that top talent through the rest of this month. So if they can play good baseball over the next six days, five days, you know, take their day off and get their mind right. If they can win a series against Milwaukee and San Diego, like go four and two in those, those series, some of like that or even better. I don't know who's slated to start in those games. I guess we, like we could probably do the math to figure it out, but I don't know. I don't know like where San Diego's rotation they are. I guess if yeah. Matt's pitching today, one, two, three, four, five. I I don't know if they have off days or anything like that, but it it would be like Lamette would like two times through the rotation, like so one, two, three, four. So he would pitch again on Sunday, and then one, two, three, four, five. He would pitch again on Friday. Say the Padres have an off day in there, though, um, you know, his his start would fall on Saturday. So at that point, you'd get, like, their number four, their number five. Now, granted, they're, it's like if you get, like, Paddock, uh, Lamette, Darvish, not so, like, that, that's, a, that's a pretty good stretch through the their rotation. Um, but it could be that you get, like, 
Lamette, Darvish, and Snell, or like Musgrove, Darvish, and Snell. Uh, and it could just be, you know, tough pitching all weekend out in San Diego. Yep. So that's the quality part about the Cardinals right now is that their pitching staff is just, I, I mean, playing, I think, extremely well. Um, bullpen, starters, uh, we're just not giving up runs. They're keeping us in games. The offense, um, it, I agree, does need to continue to show if, like, to win a five-game series um, because the pitching is – this is what the pitching was supposed to be. This is what we kind of thought. This is – much more normal spot for us to be in pitching, but the offense um, just needs to show it a little bit more. Cause I just don't, I don't trust enough to go far, but I, they're not, it's, it's in a different way though. Right. Cause we used to like score a bunch of runs and then not score runs at all. And like, we've had those games, but even in those, even in the games we've lost by like one run, two runs, uh, we haven't been playing horrible baseball. Uh, it just hasn't gone your way. Um, but they do need some of those games to start going their way, um, at least if they want to stay uh, in the division. Um, so uh, anyone's pitching matchup, though, I, I think if anyone coming to town or we're going to their town, like if they have, you know, their top tier starters, like we have five pretty um, pretty formidable starters. And even if you're getting like a Gant um, that he's only going to see you five, like you're going to have to see a pretty decent bullpen. Um, so we're going to yeah. stay in game. I, just be cool score runs. Yeah, I mean they they definitely have had success. Um, I think the bullpen to this point has been successful in spite of itself. Um, like Reyes, one and 14 innings pitched, no earned runs against. Um, you know, eight for eight and save opportunities and the win. So it's gotten into fourteen games, and he's been productive in every one of them. In that same sense, he also has 12 walks in those 14 innings. So to me, it's just like if like it's it's bending but not breaking. Um, like Cabrera, you know, has has been the same way. You know, walking guys at like a walk every two innings. Um, yeah. You know, so like you know Hicks had walked a guy who, granted, clearly is apparently isn't healthy, but had walked 10 guys in 10 innings. Um, Miller was walking four guys in seven innings. Tyler Webb, eight walks in eight innings. Um, yeah, we've walked the fourth most people in baseball. Yeah, so, it's not, so it's to, not me, good. to me, like, and, and some of that, like, I don't want to put all that on the bullpen. I mean, like, Gant has 18 walks um, in 25 innings pitched. That's not, that's not good. The other starters outside of that are pretty decent. I mean, Flaherty's also in double digits, but he also has 34 innings pitched. Um, so 10 walks and 34 innings pitched is not, it's not the end of the world. Um, yeah. and he'll means, start calming down. He'll start walking and at a slower clip as the year goes yeah, on. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think for a starter, like anything under, like under 1.5 in terms of a whip, I think is, is acceptable. Like if you're limiting, you know, if you're limiting it to one, like one and a half walks and hit per inning pitched, you're probably not giving up a ton of runs as long as you're not giving up home runs all over the place. Um, that's been Wainwright's downfall as the six home runs he's given up. Um, <clears throat> but the, the records are uh, like the team has a winning record, but it's just been like the inconsistency of the offense that I think has led to 
that like it's it's almost like the pitching has to be on every night yeah. because if it if it isn't then like you're you may just get blown out um now so far the cardinals have been on the positive side of blowouts more often than they've been on the negative side but yeah, it certainly has gone hard, yeah. yeah it certainly has gone both ways um, so for me, I think that like their, their success with the bullpen and don't get me wrong, like that the bullpen has been good in terms of preventing the other team from scoring. And ultimately that's all they have to do. Like yeah. who cares if you walk the bases loaded, if you strike a guy out, walk a guy, strike a guy out, walk a guy, strike a guy out, you aren't letting up any runs. Like maybe it's not pretty, but you don't get extra points for, you know, perfect innings. So it just, you know, less stressful for your fans. Um, so it's like Reyes has been, has been productive, but it's, it it's just waiting for that big moment. Like, yep. He could come in in a three run game. He could give up one hit, but if that one hits a home run, there might be two guys on base. Like that might be a tie game. So it's but like, it's he, been... I gotta keep going. I, I was say it's like, it, it just, it's, it's been like, I feel like they're always bending. They just haven't broken. Like it's been rare that the bullpen has blown games. It's usually either been that like the offense hasn't done anything. So the team's not in it, but the, the Cardinals haven't really like games have been opened up late against the Cardinals, but they haven't really like blown a lot of late leads. I feel like. And this is, this is just the history of the Cardinals bullpen and Trevor Rosenthal. I don't think he can get anyone out unless he's got like a guy or two on base. Like he's got to be walking people, Jason Mott be walking people to get guys out in his, High highlight days. Uh, uh, Ryan Franklin, I do believe, was walking people. Like, there are closers in our bullpen. We just like to walk guys, put them on base, and then close out innings. It's got to yeah, be but none, But none it's of those be. guys were consistent. Like, there's a reason why all of them lost the closer's job because I, I all know. of them blew saves. Yeah, we all, yeah, we also haven't had the same closer for more than like two years in like 10 years. So, no, I, I agree. And that's, yeah. that's why I'm saying that, like, yes, like, Reyes's ERA and his save conversion rate and all of that are phenomenal. But if you look at the bigger picture, like I think he's been playing with fire all year and it's just a matter of time before he gets got or like people start to like, you know, stay in the box on his curveball or whatever. And he starts to get hit like that. People start to figure it out or he's already thrown 14 innings in the first month. I get this rate. He's not going to be able to throw any more innings come all-star break. Cause his arms going to be falling off. Cause he always gets hurt. Um, <laughs> and he's been like it in a, in a bullpen that has found success. He's really been the biggest bright spot. Like if you remove Reyes from the equation, the bullpen doesn't look nearly as good. Um, but it's like it, it all boils down to like that big thing where like eight saves, but like Gallegos who doesn't walk a ton of guys, like he's blown two saves. Like he's had three save opportunities and he's only converted on one of them. Um So it it's not <clears throat> Yeah, like, and, and they're they're getting taxed. I mean like Gallegos, Reyes, Cabrera, they've pitched in half the games the Cardinals have played. I don't know like what their arms are going to look like if they're pitching, you know, in 80 games come the end of the year when you need them in big innings in the postseason. 
so it's like the other guys have to step up and those are the guys that haven't like Miller's ERA is astronomically high. Webb's ERA is astronomically high. Ponce de Leon's ERA is astronomically high. Um, Hicks has not looked great. His ERA is on the higher end above five and the walks have been extremely de- detrimental. Helsley, it's not, not terrible ERA for a reliever at four, but he's walked seven guys in 13 innings. So it's like you, you haven't gotten a ton of positive production really outside of Gallegos, Cabrera, and Reyes. And I don't know how long you can rely on all of them for the entirety of the year. Um, you know, for for situations like that. Like, that, that's my only concern when it comes to the bullpen, is I just don't know how long these three guys can keep it up. But if they Agreed. do it all year... If they do it all year, Cardinals, Carlos are in a great place. I completely <laughs> agree. pretty good. And like, can Carlos Martinez continue to pitch eight innings, seven innings? Uh, when Michaelis comes back, does how you know does John Gant like just move to bullpen only, and he's that long reliever that'll help them out in innings a little bit. Um, but yeah, there's still fighting with fire, um, and uh, but. You know, like I said, when we're winning games, there's just, you know. Right. Like, you we'll, know, don't, we'll take don't them. fix we'll what take them now. broken. Right. right. Um, but stop walking, guys. Right. Yeah. Like, just stop. Like, just you have a pretty decent defense behind you. You know, just let guys put the ball in play. Like, stop being afraid right. to pitch the people. Um, and so, again, part of that, I wonder if, like, Reyes is effectively wild. You know, like uh, Francisco Liriano is who comes to mind. Um what that's how it was. Like, I think he, like he threw a no hitter at some point and he had like 13 strikeouts, but like six walks. And it's like, yeah, like he was just effectively wild. Like no one knew what was coming in or where the ball was going, going. He didn't have that much control over it, but you know, people were just like flailing at pitches. And I think that part of that might be where Ray's is at. Like he doesn't have a ton of control. So people are bailing out on pitches that are getting called strikes you know, and that's why he has like the 15 strikeouts in 14 innings, which is great. You know, uh, nine plus Ks per nine is great for a reliever. Um, but he has the 12 walks. So it's like maybe it's just that effectively wild um, aspect, you know, that it's it's working for him. Again, I just I don't know how long it's going to continue to work for him. Um, I wonder and... what the strike zone is on uh... – Wonder if they got the with the the ump graphs or whatever, like just pitchers, like just certain pitchers. If you can go like just see where his balls and strikes are called, if they're even called at a uh, correct or not most attempts. Yeah, and I I don't. Yeah, I don't necessarily know. Like I don't remember seeing anything that's like abnormal. Like oh man, Reyes is really getting that call. Yeah, not just um, it, for him, but yeah. like in general, pitchers. Like, if you can zero it down just to that pitcher to see, like, you know, are they getting the calls more often than they're not, or whatever. Right. Yeah. So, so we'll see. Um, but I mean, I I do think that in a short series, you know, with Flaherty, Kim, Wayno, the the team the team matches up well. Um, the other side of it, though, too, is like who you're who you're facing, and that on that one, two, three on the other side. Like if that five game series is the Padres, like Flaherty, Wayno, Kim, 
is a really strong one, two, three, but how, how does that match up with like Darvish Snell, you know, Musgrove or Darvish Snell, um, you know, like Lamette, um, it's, you're just like, okay, like this is like our advantage seemingly goes by the wayside a little bit, you know, when you, when you look at it in that regard, or like if it's Scherzer, Strasburg, Corbin, um, the Dodgers, the Cardinals always seem to hit in the postseason, so I don't know. Like, maybe that's who they hope to match up with in a five-game series. Because uh, I don't think that they're, you know, like, yeah, Kershaw, Bauer, May. It sounds real good on paper. Um, Urias is a, is a great number four. Um, but, and the Cardinals just notoriously have had Kershaw's number in the postseason, so... Maybe it's it's not an issue. Yeah. And we've um, seen Bauer plenty in Cincinnati. Like, so, you know, Ian Anderson, Max Freed, like those are our young, big time pitchers that could easily, you know, take over a game. And, you know, like the Cardinals offense is just inconsistent still. And I don't know that that's ever going to change. Um because I think that's just the nature of what they've built. So like that, that's just what I worry about is that the, you know, like the, the national series where the Cardinals got swept that just like all of a sudden uh, it's like a flip gets switched and the offense just gets shut down for three or four games in a row. And that that's what happens. It hasn't been that bad this year. It's usually only been like one or two games and then they, they turn it around. But they also haven't played like they haven't, they haven't really faced uh, a one, two, three from, from any team really that I could think of um, that. It's been like, they're a, a big group of pitchers. Like I think even in the series against the nationals, I think they only faced Strasburg in the first series. And then I think they faced Scherzer and Corbin maybe, in the second series because i know they faced ross in both series so it's like they caught the back end of the rotation a little bit uh both times um philadelphia doesn't really have a big three um they have nola who the cardinals have faced twice and they're one and one against them but the second game i think the bullpen blew the blew the lead for the phillies uh, because their bullpen's terrible still um and then milwaukee they have like corbin burns and that's really it. like I they their pitchers have pitched well so far this year but I don't think that's going to like I don't think that's going to continue like Milwaukee's pitcher pitching is like the equivalent of Cincinnati's offense <laughs> like yeah it's 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 not that it's like the worst in the league but it definitely isn't as good as it's been so far this year um so I'd expect that to come back down to earth a little bit you mean they wouldn't be known as like the bad boys yeah exactly you know yeah. Garrett being dumb yeah um yeah. So yeah, so so again, again, not that like, oh, if a team throws their top three, the Cardinals are definitely getting swept. It's just that we haven't seen them, we haven't seen that challenge for them yet. So when it comes to playoff baseball, that is what they're going to see. Um, 
so it'll it'll be like that's what concerns me like that's what i think the big hurdle is is that if it comes down to good pitching versus good pitching i think good pitching against the cardinals will be more effective to shut down their offense at a at a in a greater sense than what the cardinal pitching will do to another team um, if that makes sense. Like, I, f- I feel like the Cardinals offense is easier to shut down completely. I don't think we have enough. I, if, if you boiled it down, like to most teams that are going to make the playoffs anyway, I don't think our hitting or like, I don't think our pitching is veteran enough to deal with like the veteranness of some of these offenses and, or like, if they're not veteran, they're like the top tier um like san diego (laughs) yeah like san diego or atlanta like Mm. all their guys are young they're all superstars it's just like a just a you know a a different dream you know like it's just a a different makeup and and not to say that the cardinals if the cardinals get there not to say they can't beat them um like i i don't want to make it seem like the cardinals have no chance in hell i just i don't think i don't think the team is currently built for a run to a world series. And for me, like if I'm a Cardinals fan and maybe this is just the Yankees fan in me shining through, but if it's, you know, like if you didn't win a world series, who gives a shit? Yeah. But last time Spag said we weren't going to win a world series was 2016. You know what I'm saying? And I was right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Carls didn't win a World Series in 2016. They didn't even make the playoffs. I know, but we'll so, prove you wrong, dude. That's right. right. Um, right. <clears throat> but yeah, I, but I also said last year the Cardinals weren't going to win a World Series, and they didn't. They didn't make it yeah, out of the first round. Yeah, but did anybody win the World Series last year? Yeah, I think they did. Let's get real, dude. Nobody won the World Series. I give year. more credit to the Dodgers winning the World Series last year than the Astros winning it in 2017. It's true. So that's true. Imagine it comes out that they cheated in, in less games. Oh man. Man. Who knows? The bag. Everyone <laughs> cheats. Baseball's over. Everyone cheats. Bring so hitters, robot umps. <laughs> hey, they're it's a thing. They're trying out in the MLB or minor leagues in the MILB. Um bringing them out. Yeah, so so I guess as a transition, we can talk about, I know we've been talking about the power rankings and it seems reasonable to transition here from the Cardinals to the Yankees as we talk about the power rankings. I don't know what Kool-Aid these, these people <laughs> at, at MLB drink, but this shit is baffling to me. Like when I'm like, all right, there's no way this week's can be any weirder than what it was the week previous. <laughs> like things, like they have another week of information. Like things have to be shaken out. Like things gotta make sense. Like they, things gotta make be more relevant. You know, whatever. Um, no man. Like they just, it just they, time and time again they blow, blow my mind. Um. So. Yeah. So yeah, so so Oakland started one and seven, right? Then they go on their 13, 14 game winning streak, whatever it was. So they were like fourteen and seven, and from that point they've went four and five. So they're they're eighteen and twelve on the year. 
All right. Their power rankings in that time frame, they were two last week. So they, like what? They went, you know, like maybe they had one or one or two tough series. They dropped from second to 11th. Now keep in mind, though, when the Yankees were doing real bad, they didn't really move, right? Mm. Like they were still at the top, and I was like, how? Like how were they? How are they here? Like the Yankees are like four or five games below 500. How are they? You know, sixth in power ranking. Like I know my team's better than what their win win loss is, but you're clearly making other movements for teams based on their record. So now in a week where the the Yankees go, uh, what I think they went four and one um hold on minimize um yeah so they went they went four and one since the the last time we recorded um so i think if you if you count that other game they went five and one um they um i think they they split or maybe they were five and two i think they split the four game series with baltimore and then they took then they swept detroit so they went Five and two in that week, whatever. Um, played some pretty subpar teams. The Orioles are 26th. Tigers are 29th. Um, the Orioles are 27th last week. So the Yankees went five and two, ride the ship. They beat it. They beat up on teams that were terrible. They jumped from 12th to 7th, move up five spots. All right. In that same time frame, the Cardinals go. I think they went five and one or five and two as well. They beat up on Pittsburgh and they split with the Phillies. So I think they went five and two um, in that seven weeks or in that seven days split with the Phillies two and two who are ranked 18th. All right. And then the pirates who were ranked 25th, the Phillies were 19th pirates 25th. So the Cardinals played two better teams. They had the same record. Yankees go from 12th to 7th. The Cardinals go from 11th to 15th. How? How's that happen? What are you basing this on? Who voted? How did you vote? I need to know. Someone needs to tell me. Nope. They're just trolling you now. Spanx. Yeah. I was like, what in the literal fuck is going on? Like, it, it just makes it makes no sense. Um, they have a team like the Astros that... Um, they went from 14th to 5th, and this is literally what they say about them. Houston has had quite a stretch since dropping 4 of 5 on its road trip to Seattle and Colorado. You heard that, Seattle and Colorado. They lost 4 out of 5, so so they, they, lost, they lost games to the Colorado Rockies, who were terrible. In that, in 11 games since, the Astros are 8-3, and three, and there's a trend there. In all three series, they've won all but the final game of each set. I don't know why that's relevant. Whatever. Um, the Astros open a three-game series at Yankee Stadium, and they are slated to face their old teammate, Garrett Cole, in the finale on Thursday. So, cool. Astros lost tonight. But the Astros go from 14th to 5th because they went 8-3. and three against whoever after losing to the worst team in baseball the Cardinals beat up on teams and they dropped they dropped four spots but the Astros jumped nine how I don't get it I understand like the other ones at least make sense like 
Dodgers, Red Sox, Padres, White Sox. That's one through four. Cool. I I can I can get behind all those. Um, the Giants jump from 16th to eighth. Cool. Makes sense. Like they have hmm. re- best record in baseball. They're eighth. Yeah. That that makes sense. All right. They're winning a division that everyone thought the Dodgers and Padres would run away with, and you have them eighth. But the Astros, who are in the middle playing 500 baseball, they're third and probably the worst division in baseball. They're a top five team in the power rankings. Seems yeah, seems reasonable. They they want them to be there though. Yeah, That's like what the... year? What year are they voting this on? Is this 2019? Is this 2017? <laughs> are the Astros are the Astros banging trash cans in this power rankings? Got like, I I just don't I don't get it. Like it's like a combination of 2017, 2018, uh, and then the Padres are in there. I I I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. Makes no sense to me whatsoever. Hey, um, you know, which you should just apply at MLB.com. They go, let me do the power rankings. Can I just do power rankings? Allison Footer, Anthony Castrovince, Jesse Sanchez, Mark Feinzan, Natalie Alonzo, Mike Petrillo, Sarah Langs, Andrew Simon, David Venn. I'm coming for you all. (laughs) You're on record now. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going to start like the, the inner league is going to start blowing up. Allison footer. She has Twitter. It's at Allison footer. I'm like, Hey, when you guys do your power rankings, can you tell, like, can you show who voted who, where and why can you guys elaborate? Because your shit makes no sense. Appreciate it. Yeah. Like come, come at me. Like the, 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 the Royals are 16 and 12. Like they were 16 and nine. Where, where were they at in the power rankings? Probably 22nd. Oh shit. They're a top 10 team. They, they're, they were seventh. Now they're ninth. Man, they, they lost their last three games. They dropped two spots. Cardinals go five and two. They drop four spots. I don't know what the Cardinals got to do, man. No love. No love in the MLB.com power rankings for the Cardinals. Nah, you do. They just, you know, they hate us because they ain't us, too. Yeah, and it's Season. and it's more so, it's not even that, like, I'm like, oh, man, Cardinals aren't getting any love. I, I, I was like, dude, like, I have to argue the East Coast, West Coast bias all the time. And the MLB.com power rankings are a blatant example of it being a case. Like Yankees and the Cardinals do the same thing, but they literally move the same number of spots in opposite directions. Like they, they both played shitty teams and they went five and two. They split a series and they swept a series. Like they literally did the exact same things against the same caliber teams. If not the Cardinals being slightly better caliber. And it went from, Yankees being 12, Cardinals being 11, to Yankees being 7, Cardinals being 15. I just don't understand it. I don't get it. Show me the points or something. How how did you guys arrive here? You put your name on it. Now tell me how you got there. That's all I need to know. <laughs> Maybe it'll never. make sense because I can't figure it out. You're never going to know, Specs. Probably not. I just can't, just not, can't handle it. You're just not meant to know. No. But what I can say is the Yankees are certainly playing like a top 10 team at the moment. Another big win tonight, beating up on the Astros. We're back above 500, baby. 15 and 14. 
killing it. Yeah, yeah I mean, <clears throat> definitely a number seventeen. Yeah, like just <clears throat> there, there are some glaring issues that still need to be worked out, and we're we're addressing some 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 helps on the way. Um, they have two more games against Houston, and then they have the Nationals coming to town for three. Um, I think they get. Um, let me check real quick. I think they just get Corbin. I think it's Fetty, Corbin, and Ross is who is slated to pitch. Let me check real quick. Uh, for the Nationals matchup. Uh, sorry, Corbin, Scherzer, and Ross. So they do get... Um, they, they do have some uh, some tough pitching matchups. And then they had Grunky tonight. They get McCullers Jr. on Thursday. And then Garcia. I don't know who that is for Houston tomorrow. Um, but we have Cole pitching on the 6th against McCullers. So with Cole still pitching a game against Houston, I feel pretty good about winning that series. Corbin, Scherzer, Ross. I think Ross should be the the takeaway game. Um, I don't know who's pitching tomorrow. Uh, Herman pitched tonight. My assumption would be Montgomery. Um, and I know Tyon's pitching one of the games against uh, uh, I think he has the Corbin start. Yeah. So my assumption would be Montgomery's pitching tomorrow. And then it would be Cole, Tyon, Kluber against Scherzer. So, see. Um, Yankees are pretty, pretty right-handed heavy, so maybe they'll they'll hit Corbin well. Um, and they've been playing well at home. So I think if they can continue the trend, you know, win both these series, I will be I will be pretty happy. Um, I don't know what they're upcoming schedule looks like after that they got uh what after washington yeah i think it's tampa tampa Bay, toronto baltimore tampa, yeah, Bay, baltimore. tampa baltimore texas okay white so, yeah, so toronto <clears throat> so the tampa bay series which tampa bay hasn't been playing that great of baseball yeah but they um, always play the yankees but well. they do they do they kick the yankees ass we'll probably get swept in that series um but Baltimore, Texas, those are two of the worst teams in the AL. Unless you get John Means, dude. You need yeah. John Means to do well, dude. Yeah, Means is is tough. He's he's a pretty good pitcher. I I've been, I have enjoyed having him on my fantasy team. Um, how does San Diego have no runs? Sorry, versus the Pirates right now. Because Mitch Keller is pitching for Pittsburgh. Yeah, I'm telling you, man, he's good. He's good. Um, but yeah, so I know I have, I have ripped apart the offense, but some numbers are starting to look a little healthy and I'm, I'm digging it. Um, LeMahieu batting 280, Stanton batting 290 with seven home runs. Torres is batting 242, still no home runs on the year though. Um, which I'm, I'm fine with that. He's got five doubles. Uh, he stole a base tonight. Um, it's like if he starts, you know, if he, if he just hits for a high average, you know, in like that six hole, 
I I'm I'm cool with that. I can be I can be on board with that. I can get down with that. Um, Urshela's Man. batting 274 now. Uh, he's got four home runs. Judge batting 272. He's got seven home runs. Um, Higashioka batting 250. He's got four home runs. Gary Sanchez not existing anymore. He just doesn't do anything. Yeah, he's gonna be off the team pretty soon. Don't <laughs> yeah, worry about it. Whatever. Um, but yeah, so like I said, like still some glaring issues. Hicks still not hitting for high enough average. He's found a power stroke recently. He's got four home runs on the year, but he just he isn't. He's not hitting for a very high average. I don't know. I imagine that people might say the same nonsense they say about Carpenter um, for Hicks. But he's just batting, bad luck, dude. Yeah, he's batting 163, but he's been dealing with <laughs> like some lingering back tightness stuff. So I think he's just got to start doing yoga with Stanton and Judge, and it'll it'll be all right. You know, he'll yeah, does he hit there. Does he hit the ball hard though? I have no idea. I'm I'm not gonna buy into any of that nonsense. Um, but I like Hicks in center field, and he's a switch hitter, and I think it's just a matter of time before Hicks gets hot and strings together he's probably not going to be a 300 hitter ever but i think he should be closer like that 250 mark and i would be completely okay with that um so hicks i say let it ride it'll it'll be figured out um gardner frazier gardner's batting 180 frazier's batting 143 runa door batting 164 it's been fun he's got the four home runs he's had some big hits awesome um, but Luke Voigt's about a week away from a return. So that'll take LeMahieu away from first, move him back to second. Um, and you have Voigt at first that should hopefully add to Odor no longer being a lineup. Voigt will hopefully bat better than that. So it really leaves like you're, you're, I'm fine with rolling with Hicks. So the two areas that you can upgrade is left field, which is right now being shared by Frazier and Gardner and your catcher spot. Um, Higashioka hasn't been terrible, but I still don't think he's quite ready to be an everyday catcher. Um, I think that he would be fine being like the personal catcher for Cole, like he has been. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing him work with like Tyon, um, and just go, go that route, like just start to develop that relationship. Um, and then you would just bring in like, I, I don't I don't know I don't trust Sanchez at all at this point like he's not that great defensively he's batting 180 so fuck it just make Higashioka your everyday catcher I guess um, I just don't think he's that good so when the so when the the Yankees trade away a guy like Mike Talkman who granted yeah, here it is here it is who granted was batting 214 as a Yankee not anything spectacular but you trade him away. For Wandy Peralta, just another left-handed reliever that go along with a never-ending line of left-handed relievers. Now, granted, Wilson's hurt, Britain's hurt, but they're going to be back. Like, they're they're going to come back. You got Chapman, you got Green, you got Lutke, you got Loizaga. Like, you, you have a decent number of arms. You got O'Day. So what? Chapman, O'Day, Lutke, Loizaga. Green, Britton, Wilson at seven. I guess Peralta could be your eighth, or you could just fill that spot with literally fucking anyone else. Hmm. Like, what what does Peralta do for you? <clears throat> what you could do though is have Talkman playing 
left field every day right now. I mean, he's batting leadoff and hitting 294 for the Giants in his brief stint over there. But just get him every day at bats. Like, he's been fine, like, whenever the Yankees dealt with all their injury problems in 2019 and 2020. Talkman came up huge. But you trade him away for a piece, like, didn't really matter. Like, it's a filler. Like, what? Whatever. I guess, like, if you're full in on Clint Frazier being the future, cool. But, you know, Gardner still played in 20 games. He has 20 less at-bats than Frazier does. You pinch hit for Frazier with Gardner tonight. So, like, clearly you aren't that bought in on him. It's (laughs) like, hold on to Talkman, package Frazier with Sanchez, and, like, fuck, give him the Philly. Get Real Muto. Bring the guy I wanted initially. You know? (laughs) Um, trade him. I gotta make to, that trade, dude. Trade him the fucking the to New York and bring McCann in. Um, send him to fucking Cincinnati when, when they realize, or not Cincinnati, Kansas City when they realize they can't afford the Perez contract they just signed. You know, go get the other guy that I wanted. Um, I I just don't I don't get it. Like you you had you had the ability to move someone that's valuable that is struggling. Like, how long are you gonna let? Clint Frazier just continue to be detrimental to your lineup. You know, like they, they had a chance, like granted they, they won a night seven to three. So whatever hindsight, it didn't matter, but you had a situation early in the game with the Yankees up two to nothing bases loaded. No one out Grunky on the ropes, on the ropes. Frazier hits into a double play. Tries to run in, makes it three to nothing, but are three to one at that point, I think, because uh, I think the Astros scored a run on the first. But yeah, you, know, you can you can blow that game open, and Frazier doesn't doesn't do that. Yeah, you know, like we needed a, a big hit there. Like that is not a productive out. Yeah, you know, like a fucking sack fly is a better scenario there. Like just get the ball in the air, and he couldn't even do that. You know, he's got three RBIs on the year. Like, he struck out almost as much as, and he's got 23 strikeouts. Uh, Stanton and Judge have are tied at 28. So he has five less strikeouts, but he has 30 less at-bats. And hmm. he's hit two home runs to their seven. And he has three RBIs, and they're tied for the team lead at 18. Frazier's batting 143. Judge and Stanton are batting 272 and 290. It's like you're you can't use the argument like aha like I'm not striking out as much as these guys but yeah they're doing all this other shit like I I don't know like I I like him I just don't know that he's ever going to figure it out in New York and may, maybe when Voight comes back it isn't as detrimental you know like if you like in and if Sanchez were hitting like he was supposed to, so it's not, it's clearly not just on Frazier. If Hicks was hitting better, it would become more apparent that Frazier's struggling, but it wouldn't cost the team so much. Um, and I say it cost the team because, like, you didn't blow that inning open, and the Astros came back and tied the game two innings later, and it took till the sixth inning for the Yankees to strike again, um, you know, because the Astros' bullpen isn't all that great. But say Grinky settled down, like he's the type of guy that like once he got out of the first, like he could go six or seven more innings if he just locks in. 
So like you you need that death blow early on, like what the Cubs did to Kershaw today. You know, four in the first. He 49 39 pitches, 40 pitches in the first inning. It's his shortest outing of his career. Like you just got to jump all over him, take advantage of the chances that he gives you. Um and yeah, he's weren't able to do that. And it all started with Clint Frazier hitting a new double play with bases loaded and no one out. Yeah, hitting into double plays is never a uh, good thing. No, but it, yeah. it, it's just more detrimental when it and when it just yeah, kills a, your your momentum, momentum killer. Yeah, yeah. like hell yeah, like uh, a hit there that even just scores one. Like, like I said, like a, like a sack fly that like to to right field or whatever, and it moves you know first and third at that point and it's three to nothing and then another sack fly like it's just another run like it's just productive outs now it's four to nothing or four to one and you have a guy on and another chance like you know now you're at a point where i think fraser was batting sixth in the lineup so you know now you're in the the eight hole um you know higashioka um odor you know towards the bottom of your lineup but even if they end the inning there, like what it does do is that, you know, no rest for the pitcher. Cause when he comes back out next inning, you know, he's got Odor and then it's the top of the lineup again. So like, now you got Like you just went through and dealt with all these guys and they put up a four spot on you and now you have to deal with them all over again, you know, but Frazier hits in the double play. Um, I think Hicks might've been batting seventh. Um, he flies out or grounds out or whatever ends the inning. And then I think it was like a one, two, three, the next inning for Greinke because Higashioka and Odor both got out. So now it's like just LeMahieu, no one on with two outs. So it's like Greinke's completely in control at that point. Um, you know, so you're able like, okay, well now when the inning starts up, like I'm dealing with the two hole hitter. So like, I'm, I, I have LeMahieu out of the way. Um, I don't have their table setter that I have to deal with. Um, so I can just avoid the big power bats, try to keep them in the yard. You know, like I think he gave up like a single to Stanton, you know, or whatever. Um, so it just changes the complete complexion of what the following innings are going to be because you didn't have a productive out, because you hit into a double play. Um, and I think a one-month sample size is, is good enough. I mean, like, we didn't even really get into the offensive struggles for the Cardinals that much, but we say mm-hmm. the same shit with like, like DeYoung, um, you know, or Carpenter, like that, that, like, it's like, how, how long of a leash do they get? You know, like do you what, what them? have they earned? Um, they you know, only I, earned it. They only earn anything. Cause they have your team's logo. On the jersey. Past that, I mean, you know, you can only you can only watch it for so long. You can only defend it so long. You can only like it so long, um, and then it just becomes unbearable. It's like, what are we doing? Yeah. I and it and it's just weird to see Especially like with a team like the Yankees, who are not historically afraid to make moves, shake right. things up, demote people, move people around trade them like it, they the yankees have historically made all the moves necessary at any time even just start of this year first team to assume assumingly make a trade oh cool need odor like 
um Ari like uh and they grabbed someone before Odor, didn't they? Who did they get uh, in the beginning of the year? Was it was it Odor? No, I, Either I way. think I think it was like right early on because I think they I mean, like no, they there, get a picture or yeah, something. Yeah, there was there was somebody like that I think that they got, but I don't remember if it was like signing O'Day or no, like or like it like signing Wilson. I feel like they but no, I, I remember trying I feel like they traded for somebody. And right. it's just kind of like, oh all right. Like but, you know, yeah, look whatever. at that. But but that's just the example of like they're willing to do that. But like some of these guys, it's like, what are we wait a second, like we're like what <laughs> what did they do to get to stay on the team? Like what right. do they do and, to get all yeah, this it's playing like, time? Yeah, it's like okay, it's like Talkman, like his numbers weren't great, but he's had good years in the past. Um, or it's like the the same thing, like a similar situation for the Cardinals. Like Dean gets sent down, but Williams is still, you know, continuing to get regular at bats potentially. Um, now maybe that'll digress with Bader being back, and you have Carlson, Bader, and O'Neill in the outfield. But like, what what's to choose like Dean or Williams to get sent down? Like you like, did Dean really get a fair shake? Um, you know, like you already sent Lane Thomas down. Did he really get a fair shake? It's not like Williams was tearing the cover off the ball. Like he's batting 180. Um, he's had questionable defensive plays out in the outfield. So like what, why is that the decision? I get maybe like someone had to be made and you didn't lose Dean. It's like you traded him. You just sent him down, but the Yankees straight up traded Talkman, And they're like, yeah, we're just going to roll with these other guys that aren't so good cool you know and like it's like if you're if you're investing in Frazier's your future and that's what you want him to understand like you know he was worried that he wasn't going to get playing time and they're like hey right now you're struggling so Gardner's going to get the occasional at bat he's going to get the occasional start like that's what we brought him in for was to be a fourth outfielder this is what he's going to do for us you're just going to have to deal with that you know sometimes it'll be judges DHing and Stanton gets the night off and Gardner's going to get a start so you might be in right field Gardner's going to be in left um, but Gardner probably is gone at the end of this year. Like this might be his last year as he, as playing, like he may retire, especially if he's only going to bat 180. the Yankees better not fucking bring him back. Um, so like it, it, maybe this is their way of saying like Frazier, this is your spot, but it's just like, man, like what? I, what, I don't even know like what else is down in the farm system, but I, they got to have at least three outfielders at triple a, right? Any one of them should be able to play left field. Need a left fielder? Yeah, Brent, let's, let's bring up Jason Dominguez. Like, I get he hasn't played a professional game ever, but let's just call him up. Let's just see hey, how he goes. Hey, yeah. It's worth a shot, I think. Yeah. Like, I'm cool, saying he's yeah. like the next Mike Trout, the next yeah. the next Mickey Mantle. I mean, I, all th- everyone all is always real high on this guy. So. Yeah. Everyone is always the next Mike Trout until they play, you know? Yeah, and, then, and it's only they realize they're not Mike Trout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Luis Robert, looking at you, buddy. Um, yeah, so I, I, I don't know. I, I will say that it has been, it's been a lot of fun watching the pitching staff work. Um, I very much enjoy watching Corey Kluber pitch. Um, I've always been a big fan of Jordan Montgomery. Uh, he reminds me so much of Andy Pettit. It's not funny. Um, I was high on Tyon, you know, before he was a Yankee. Um, 
It's like, I, I really like where the rotation's at. I think it has high upside. Um, I think the missing piece is Severino. I think having another power righty that can go into the mix of everything. Um, if our rotation worked something like Cole, Kluber, um, Sa- uh, Severino, Montgomery, Tyon, or you know, something like that, like where it was just you get a power pitcher in Cole, you get a crafty veteran using a sinker or pitching down in the zone uh, from Kluber, you get power pitcher with a big slider from Severino, you get Tyon that's going to pitch a little more crafty that his, like, it's more, I'm going to say he he's more of a pitcher than some other guys. Um, I would say he's like our Joe Musgrove in San Diego, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the he's the Adam Wainwright of the New York Yankees without the track record. Um, you know, but he he's he will find success in pitching the way that Wayno does currently. If Tyon can replicate that style, like obviously his stuff probably isn't as good as Wainwright's, but where we talked about like Wainwright's a pitcher, not a thrower. That's what yeah. Tyon needs to do to find success. Um, I don't think he's going to be able to blow fastballs by people. And I think that's just come going to come like maybe he will eventually get back there. But at this point, his arm strength just isn't there. So we can't rely heavily on that. You know, like say like Gant or Ponce de Leon was where they're throwing like 95% fastballs in the mid to upper nineties. Tyon just isn't that guy. It isn't going to happen. Um. So if you have him as like more of that crafty and then you have Montgomery being the lefty. So you even could like throw Montgomery in and like the three spot and then have Severino, then have Tyon. So you get like power pitcher from Cole sinker baller down in the zone contact type guy from Kluber strikeout, big curve ball from the left side with Montgomery power pitcher with a big slider from Severino then back to crafty righty and tie on to go back to Cole's a power pitcher. Um, so I think it just, you, you aren't giving the same type of look to guys in a row. Um, I think the Cardinals would have found better success with PDL and Gant had they not thrown them in consecutive games. Um, Cause if a team was just geared up for mid nineties fastballs up in the zone, you're doing a disservice by throwing another guy the next day that throws mid nineties up in the zone because that's what the team just saw all day the previous day. Um, so I, I like that makeup. And then the Yankee bullpen has been great for years now. So there's a, isn't, much to, isn't much to say there. Um, Chapman's doing his thing. You know, six for six save opportunities, 10 innings pitched, no earned runs, three walks, 24 strikeouts, 24 strikeouts and 10 innings pitched. That's fucking insane. You can't be mad. Yeah, that is insane. Now just do that in the postseason, Chapman. Stop giving up home runs to the end of our yeah, season, please. Yeah, don't don't be giving up no more home runs. As, yeah, you know. He hasn't he hasn't given up any home runs. He's only given up two hits. Like his whip's point five oh. Um Michael King, you know, eleven innings pitched, fucking no earned runs, point seven three whip. Um O'Day, who's hurt currently, but I mean He's got uh, three ERA over nine innings pitched, only walked two guys. King walked four guys. Like, I think the only pitcher on our team that, like, on the Yankees that has 
double digit walks is Kluber at 14. Um, and he has had like struggled with his command early on in the year. And that's really settled down. Um, but Cole, 62 strikeouts and 37 innings pitched. God, it's so much fun watching him pitch. You, you understand. You oh, get yeah, those, yeah. You dude. get those fancy I mean, points. Yeah, dude, I'm loving it. I mean, it's. But yeah, I mean, three, I would... three walks in that time frame. Montgomery only at eight walks. Herman, five walks. Ty on five walks. You know, and these are in 20 plus innings pitch. So it, it isn't great, but. All of them are sitting at whips under 1.5, which we were saying with you know, like where, which is what like Flaherty's at, and like that's kind of that magic number for a starter. If you're letting up, like if you're getting one and a half guys on base an inning, like assuming your defense isn't falling apart behind you, you're in pretty good shape. Like I, I think the big thing, and it maybe it's just like the ballpark, like you know Yankee Stadium in general. Um, Yankees hit a lot of home runs. Like, that's been the big thing. I mean, Tyon's given up five. Herman's given up six. Montgomery's given up five. Um, Kluber's given up three. Cole only given up one home run this year, and that was your fault. Was it my fault? Because that was when you, like, it was the start against Toronto, and you stopped watching for three pitches, and he gave up the home run to Teoscar Hernandez. Yeah, yeah. That's the only home runs he's given up all year. Yeah, you needed those fantasy points, though. I know. I'm saying it, it was your fault. I'm not saying you're mad about it. I'm saying you're responsible for it. I know you needed some fantasy points. I didn't. I, yeah, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I got a win that week, so thank you. And I drafted Cole knowing we were going to give up, you know, solo shots. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like, he's only given up one. That's amazing. It's because I'm watching all the games. Right? I know. I, we should have figured this out years ago. <laughs> yeah, I'd be a way happier person. <laughs> um. So, um, we talked about the Arenado foul tip a little bit. I, I kind of hinted at it. Um, I am a firm believer, and I think we've talked about this before when we had to fill time. Like I know we went into like what type of plays are reviewable and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it's so weird to me that like where they draw the line on things that like you can't review a foul tip, but you can review if a guy was hit by a pitch. How is that any different? Yeah. That's if you're going to argue like one is kind of like calling balls and strikes. Like the other one is also calling balls and strikes. Yeah. Like I just don't, I'll get it. And like, and sometimes they didn't like, I don't even know what they, what they review one. Cause so like, so the the main point to this is like I want to call attention, and I know I've I've shared a few with you, for like just the terrible calls that have been made by some umpires, and we we've all seen it. Like we know, like you know, we talked pretty steadily about like the replay extent for the the play, the first Sunday night game between Atlanta and Philly, or whoever was Atlanta and whoever whoever they were playing. I think it's Philly, but. We talked about that in, in great detail, but I I think I pointed out to you like the Zach Godley interference call at first base, where, like guy from Miami hits like a little dribbler up the first baseline. Godley feels it, tosses the first first baseman catches it, finds the bag, steps on it. Guy's out by three or four steps. He's running the base runner's running on the grass. He kind of taps Godley on the back as he runs by. He's able to get to the base. 
no harm, no foul. First base umpire calls Godley for obstruction, you know, obstructing the base runner, gives the guy first base. Absolutely insane. No idea how that, how they arrived at that decision. But they also can't review that. Not reviewable. Milwaukee couldn't go back and be like, we want to challenge that. That's insane. Not not an option. Mm-hmm. Um, the next day, I think, and this is just this last weekend, um, Philadelphia is playing the Mets. McCutcheon's on first. Ground ball to the second baseman. Uh, or to, to like second base. They're in the shift, so Lindor fields the ball. He tries to swipe tag at McCutcheon. Doesn't get him. Throws the first. They call the throw late. They call him safe at first. The umpire watching second base calls McCutcheon out for going out of the base path. The Mets announcers draw a line that follows his McCutcheon's run path. And it is literally a perfect line. He couldn't have run a straighter line. The Mets challenged the call at first saying that that guy was out. That call gets overturned, turns into a double play, and the Phillies are not able to challenge the running out of the baseline call. Yeah. Why? I, it makes no sense to me. How is that not a challengeable call? Um, it's it's kind of rough, yeah. Yeah. So it, it's just like – so in the moment, like I'm, I'm never going to say that umpires should – like that we should expect them to be perfect, but that's literally what replay exists for. Um, and it, like I said, it's the same shit we said back in week one, that if you're going to utilize replay, how can you get a call wrong still? Like, how can how can Joe Schmo from, you know, East Jesus put together three clips, of like a clip of three different angles to show, like, here's reasonable doubt that this guy never touched on plate, but the MLB replay headquarters in New York couldn't do that. And it's not like they were watching a whole bunch of other games. It was literally the only game going on. <laughs> you know. You know, so I can, they don't have all the camera angles, bags. It's gotta I, be. I guess. Yeah, I guess like this guy like hacked a cell phone, got it like behind home plate, you know, whatever. I I don't know. Um, and be. then, and then the only reason why I know you can you can challenge a hit by pitch is so there was a game. Um, I don't know. I think it w- it might have been this last weekend. It might have been the weekend before. I don't know. It was the Mets again, and Michael Conforto got hit by a pitch, and it, with the bases loaded, and it was a walk off win for the Mets. And in this replay, I I don't know if you've seen this. I said to you, I shared it with my brother yesterday because we were talking about it. Um, because you know, so he umpires, and so we were talking about what Kurt would do if like a player like leans over the plate, even with younger kids or whatnot, like what he would do. So this pitch comes in. Conforto is a, a left-handed batter guys thrown right-handed. And it's just like a change up kind of up in the zone and it's dip dips down. It's over the plate. It's at the letters. It is 100% in the strike zone. And you see Conforto like clutches, like he's going to go to swing. He gets locked up starts to lean back and then sticks his elbow out. And this ball barely grazes his elbow. The home plate umpire live. You can see it. He puts his hand on the, like on the catcher's back. He stands up. He's getting ready to pull his hand back and punch Conforto out. And then he stops. He's like, hit, 
hit his elbow, hit his elbow. That play is reviewable, so they looked at it in slow motion and still deemed that he was hit by a pitch, not that he got in the way and that it should have been a called strike. Like, what the fuck are you reviewing if you're not going to determine that this guy clearly leaned into the ball? It's not irrefutable, dude. They can't overturn yeah, it. I, I just don't. They I don't set a standard what doing with replay. They set a standard in the Atlanta game early on that they just <laughs> that, they hey, don't. Hey, our guys got it right. Yeah. Like it's the it's the only reason like so the only thing for me is like cool like robot umpires got it but is it like I guess like the quotations come because like I'm assuming it's just an automated strike zone but how do they determine whether or not he got hit by a pitch? Like let, let's mm-hmm. say it, like it just legit hits a guy in the back, like so that I'm assuming there's still a human element that has to call that. Like how's the robot gonna know that that was a hit by pitch? You know, um, mm-hmm. or like if you get hit by a pitch in the strike zone, is it still a strike? Like should you not be leaning out over the plate like that? Like I don't know what the official rule is on that. Or Arenado's quote unquote foul tip. Like how would a home like how would a robot umpire determine whether or not he like there was a tip or not? Like are there like a home plate umpire might have heard it. Like a human home plate umpire. Will the robot umpire be able to pick up auto like audio sounds as well to make determinations on whether or not it was a foul tip? So is it so when they say robot umps, is it really just an automated strike zone? But there's still a factor in that. Because like I said, like, that pitch was a strike, but Conforto leaned out in front of it. So is it a strike or is it a hit by pitch? So, like well, the, so it's like I'm, I'm for automated calls, but really what I'm for is properly utilizing technology to make sure the umpires get it right 100% of the time. Yeah, and I, I mean, we've talked about it, or I think at a, uh, quite a lot last year just like there is no like accountability into it either like if you just make bad call after bad call like at least nothing's ever said that like hey you know we're gonna address this with anybody or hey we understand that was a bad call we have to be better like it's just mums the word we move on about our day except your except your side of it whether you like it or not and just move on right like no it's every night something happens every night yeah i dude it this is super dark, and if this offends anybody, I apologize for bringing it up. But it literally reminds me of like the same mentality as like mass shootings. They're like, well, we just want to talk about this one, and another one will happen, and everyone will forget about this one. Yeah, it's a little dark, but you you're already there, so yeah. yeah. So once way more important issue, but I can't fix that one. <laughs> you know, um, but I I. Like, I, I agree. Like, we, and we looked at, like, the umpire scorecards and stuff like that, but all they ever talk about is, like, ball strike accuracy. Like, yeah. Do, like, yeah, like, I would give them a B props if, like, the, you know, union chief of umpires, whatever the fuck his position title is, would come out and be like, yeah, like, that call, we got this call wrong. Here's why we got it wrong. Here's what we're going to do to be better in the future. Like, this was a misinterpretation of the rules. Cool. Like, if the issue is that, like, if you misinterpreted rules and something happened because of it, or like, hey, this call was wrong, 
you know, this should have been the call. Like, so really then the question is, I think it was like Miami that the Mets were playing in that situation. So, so it's like, all right, did, did Miami protest the game at that point? They're like, cool. Like I understand that that's what you called, but we're going to protest it. And because we're protesting it, like it's going to be reviewed, but you're like, and it's going to be like, it's going to be intricate that we're going to break it down. And what we're protesting is like, our argument is that he leaned into that pitch and in the rules here, it explicitly says that that can't happen. If they're like, I'm protesting because you called that a, a ball or a strike and I disagree with it. Well, in the rules, it says that you can't argue balls and strikes. So whatever that, that shit sucks. That's where the accountability on the umpire side has to come into play. Like, if you have, like you can go back and you can check to see if you were accurate or not. And if you have below a certain accuracy, like you just don't get to home plate umpire anymore. Like there's nothing wrong with that. Like you can just be a first base umpire. Like you're really bad behind the plate, but you're great at bang, bang calls at first. Let's just play to your strengths. Let's just put you on yeah. the bases. There's nothing wrong with that. Like not, not every umpire is made the same. Agreed. Um, but that it's like that accountability isn't there, but if so, there should be no harm in it because if the Marlins didn't protest, Ah, uh, shit, we probably could have, but we didn't. Like, we didn't follow the rules that we were supposed to, so nothing can happen. Oh, you did protest? Cool, then what will happen is the game will revert back to that point with the proper game being called, and then you continue to play. It should have been strike three to end the inning, so that's what happened, and now they go to extra or they go to extra innings or whatever it is. So I think it was like the bottom of the ninth when that happened. So now you just go to the 10th inning, and you continue to play on, and that win's taken away from the standings, whatever. Fancy baseball, sure, it could become a nightmare. Like, a guy took a loss that shouldn't, whatever. But, you know, the ruling on it could be like, hey, you have five days for a decision to be made. And then CBS Sports or ESPN or Yahoo or whoever the hell it is, they can just have rules put in place. So it's like if a game gets protested, the points will be taken away for, you know, or the, the points won't won't be adjusted for what happened or whatever. Or like the points will, you know, like they'll they'll revert the points from the previous week. You know, that shouldn't shouldn't have happened. You know, that went away. But the new points will be added to the week that it's in. You know, it's yeah. not going to be retroactive. Like, they can just specify, like, this is how we handle the scoring. And then everyone just says, like, cool, this is how it is. Or they can be like, we'll only make changes up for seven days. So if the game's replayed at a later date, we aren't going to change shit. You can manually change scores if you want to, but we aren't going to do it for you. And then I mean, that's you what you sign up for. change scores now, dude. Right. I, I could, but, you know, i go off of what the official scoring was. No. And the official scoring was it was a hit by pitch, and that guy lost. Um, you know, the official scoring was that guy was safe at the plate. <laughs> he was not thrown out by Ozuna because Ted did not block the plate well enough. That was the official scoring. Well, Ted not is the right scoring. Right now. It's not, nope. it's not the right scoring, but it's well, it's how it was scored. Um, so well, let's see where are we where are we at time wise. What we got? Uh, we're like one forty seven. Mm. Um, I don't know if I have this story. Let's see if I can find it real quick. 
I just want to give a quick rundown. Um, news of like what changes or what, what the rule changes are since minor league baseball started up today. They're trying out those new rules in some of the leagues. So we'll, we'll, we'll pay attention, mm-hmm. pay attention to see what's going on with those. I don't know if you have it up in front of you or not. I'm trying to find it. I know it's on MLB.com. But... I do. I have MLB up. I just didn't have any of the games up or anything. If that's what you're. Oh, good. Um, they don't just have like a leagues, um, minors. Uh, here we go. All right, rule changes to be tested in minors this year. Um, <laughs> so let's see. So here is a list of the changes and the leagues in which they will apply are as follows. More detail on each can be found below. All right. So in all AAA leagues, they will be playing with slightly larger bases with a less slippery surface. Um, in all AA leagues, a requirement that all four infielders have their cleats within the outer boundary of the infield. Um, of the infield dirt when the pitch is delivered, so you can't shift to put a guy out in the outfield. Um, you could have three guys on the infield on the right side, but they can't play like shallow right. Right. Um, and can't all, cover the whole ground. In all high A um, games, a requirement that pitchers must step off the rubber to attempt a pickoff. Um, in all low A, all um, a limit of two pickoff attempts per plate appearance. Um, and low A West only there's a 15 second pitch clock and in low A Southeast only there is an automatic ball strike system Um, so a little bit more I think some of these are self explanatory but it's like the larger bases it's uh, just as 90 feet from base to base is the big league standard, so is the size of the base itself. Each side is 15 inches long. Triple-A bases this year will be 18-inch squares um, and will be composed of a material that is expected to perform better in wet conditions. This applies to first, second, and third base. Home plate remains the same size. Um, the subtle increase in size provides more room for players to operate around the bases, reducing the odds of the kinds of collisions that have caused foot and ankle injuries in the past, and the more grippy surface can potentially prevent injuries such as the knee issue Bryce, Har- uh, Bryce Harper suffered in 2017 when he slipped on a wet first base bag in rainy conditions. Um, this change also slightly decreases the distance between bases by 6 inches. While the impact is likely modest, the 3 inches would theoretically lead to more ground balls and bunts getting beat out at first base and perhaps more successful stolen base attempts, thereby increasing both base traffic and action. Hmm. Um, uh, the de- defensive positioning, I think, is pretty self-explanatory. Um, the step-off rule, I think, is pretty self-explanatory. Um, it's probably... 
Um, it says the it's aimed at increasing the number of stolen attempt stolen base attempts and perhaps the stolen base success rate. So really, they expect this to be impactful to left-handed pitchers. So like Andy Pettit had, um, he would raise his right knee up in his delivery, and then um, it's like he would raise his right foot all the time. Sometimes he would go home or he'd step towards first and throw to first. Now he wouldn't be able to do that. As soon as he raises his knee, he'd have to go because like unless he wanted to like hop off the rubber with his left foot to throw to yeah. first. Um, but I don't think you're able to do that. So it, it would yeah, and we just, like the slide step would become a much bigger thing. When we saw that with weathers just tonight. Yeah. Picking, picking them so, up the first. So that would not be allowed anymore. Um, yeah. Pitch clock, pretty self-explanatory. Um, they say a 20 second pitch clock has been in effect in double and triple a since 2015. Um, but while the clock did in its first year have a tangible impact immediately, reducing game times by 12 minutes from the previous year, game times have risen in years since its players found workarounds, most notably by restarting the clock by stepping off the rubber. Uh, this change will be a more aggressive 15-second pitch clock. One timer will be located in the outfield and two behind on plate between the dugouts. Inning breaks and pitching changes will also be timed. Um the hope is that when paired with the limit on pickoff attempts that will be in effect at the low A level, the pace of play will be quickened. Um, so the pickoff attempts, um, we'll see combination rules, yada, yada, yada. The limit on pickoff attempts has the same intent as the step-off rule in the high A leagues, but with a different method. It can become monotonous when a pitcher makes throw after throw over um, to first base and a vain attempt to pick off a pesky base runner. This rule will limit pitchers to just two step offs or pick off attempts per plate appearance. On the third attempt, if the runner is not thrown out, the move is ruled a bulk and any runners are automatically awarded the next base. Uh, depending on the preliminary results of this change, MLB will consider further reducing the limitation to a single step off or pick off per plate appearance. So you could you can throw over there a third time, but if you don't get them out, you give them second base. Yeah, I don't I don't know I I don't like the ones I guess I can see what you're trying to do like but I there's never a time where they're like throwing over there like twice I think is the normal like if it's gonna be more than once it's just like a second time but like I, you gotta let that runner like you know show them that you're gonna throw over there. Right. Um, think about like John Lester. Like when you're on first base, like you should be pressing second base every time, because you know, like, hey, you have yeah. to think about me. Go ahead and throw over here. We know you can't. Like, make him like that's another part of his job. He's got to worry about pitching to the guy in front of him, and he's got to worry about you on base. Like, yeah, don't, don't make it easier for the pitcher. Yeah, I I agree. Um, I think I I get what they're trying to do. I don't know that there's a better way to do it. Um, I would be interested to see what happens. I don't know how often there's three or more pickoff attempts or step-offs in a plate appearance. So it may not change a whole lot, um, but but we'll, we'll see. Um, and then the robot umps. So it says, long proposed the automated balls and strike system will finally become a reality and affiliated ball with this experiment, though a human umpire will still be positioned behind home plate. The Hawkeye tracking system will be used to deliver an audio signal to the home plate ump, who will then relay the ball or strike call. 
The goal here obviously is improved accuracy and reduced controversy. The automated calls have been tested previously in the Atlantic League and Arizona Fall League, and the technology has progressed to the point where MLB wants to see it in action in a full season league in order to properly assess its impact. Um, MLB is continuing its three-year partnership with the Atlantic League to test and adjust experimental rules and equipment changes. Any new experimental rules for the 2021 Atlantic League season will be announced in the coming weeks. And I think this was initially written, oh, it says that was May 3rd that this was written. So I guess it was written recently, but I thought this was like a previous one. So it'll be, it'll be interesting. They're testing stuff at literally every level of the minor leagues. Um, some of it I don't think will, will be a huge impact. Some of it seems like it may not be a huge impact, and I think it might be. Um, so it'll just be interesting to see. I'm sure there'll be reports on it and whatnot, but um, I'm not going to do a ton of research myself. And, like, the number of <laughs> stolen base attempts yeah. increased from last year to this year um, that were, you know, that, that were within three inches. So, like, how <laughs> different did it really make it? Um because that's the only ones that it's going to affect. Um, so I will say that, like, I think, I think the bigger bases, it would likely be a bigger deal for like guys being able to slide to the outside of the base. Um, Cause they have an extra three inches to play with out there. Um, and, you know, from what I've been told my whole life, that's, that's pretty big. So, yeah. I mean, <laughs> who wouldn't want to have an extra three inches? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it should be cool. I like to see that this is what they're doing with the minor leagues. It's not just a farm yeah. system anymore. Like it is MLB utilizing their affiliates to their advantage uh, for the betterment of um, the the league as a whole, uh, as Major League Baseball. Um, so like they they moved around some new teams. They're like some major league teams they have different teams now some name changes some are playing a new stadium some are in different cities um so i think it'll it'll start to feel more like a franchise rather than being like ah yeah like we're loosely affiliated with the cardinals you know we we play palm beach you know whatever and no one really cares but i think it's like memphis springfield uh peoria and uh, i think it is the palm beach team still but for like low a <clears throat> but now you're like all right like like if you're in the farm system you're like no more than four steps removed from you know the major league team um so i, I think it it reducing it from seven to four minor league teams i'm a i'm a big fan of sucks that a lot of people are out jobs but most of those people probably weren't gonna ever see the majors anyway so ultimately i don't care get a day job and start a podcast. Tell us all about it. <clears throat> um, do you have anything else you wanted to add on anything? Uh, no, I'm great. All right. We'll, uh, great. We'll try to get more into uh, what's going on with Larusa next week. I'm curious to see what happens. Um, everyone's hating on him, even though the White Sox are tied for first in the Central. Yeah, remember what I said? Like, as long as they win, everyone will shut up. But that's I mean, they win him, but nobody be nobody yeah, be shut up. Yeah, uh, apparently when they lose, it's always only Larusa's fault. So, uh, yeah. But tune tune in next week. We'll we'll dig into that a little bit more. Uh, 
hopefully we'll have we'll be more prone to talk about fancy. We both had some rough goes. I think you won last week ultimately, right? Yeah, 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 I did. Yeah, so I, I think we're both two and two now. Yeah. Um, my team's off to a great start this week, but I'm playing the top point scorer and he hasn't disappointed. So I think we're one and two on the week in points. I think I'm losing currently, even though I have the second most points on the week. Um. Yeah, so we'll we'll make we'll give you an update there too. So a little LaRusa talk. We'll make sure we get to some fantasy next week. Um, and then hopefully more good news about how our teams are continuing to move up the rankings as Cardinals are officially in first place now in the NL Central. So congrats. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. All right, well, uh until next time, thanks for tuning in and stay cool. Deuce.